0: Hello everyone, and welcome to episode nineteen of UK League Chat. Uh, the the split's finished now. Uh, we've we've been away for a couple of weeks. Actually, we haven't we haven't really talked about uh, the final. Um, I mean,
1: I think it's just because you know I got it right. But you know,
0: I yeah, might might be no comment. But um, to join us uh, on our, our first live episode as well is uh, Eminem's coach, Pad. Pad, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me.
0: No problem. Thanks for coming on. Um, let's just dive right into it. Before we talk, you know, about this final, which we'll cover a little bit, and before we talk about Eminem's split, I do want to go back a little bit to uh, the end of last year. I can't, couldn't have you on pad without talking about the miracle run, um, <laughs> the Phelan gauntlet. Just some things I wondered about. X, you've you've obviously just joined uh, Dark Passage as well as like a, just towards, I think the regular season, is just finished, hasn't it? In the yeah. Yeah. I, and, finished, okay. yeah. I kind of wonder what it's like when you, when you do join a team that's obviously got coaches there already, like with Phelan, I think it was it Connor was the head coach and yeah. then you joined. So what is it like? Is it difficult to work out your role when you do that? Do you have to sort of sit down with the coach that's already there and talk about this is what I'm going to do now or is it, uh, Yeah, I just wonder how that yeah. works.
2: Sorry, no. I mean, um, usually when I'm brought in, it's because the situation is not optimal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess like I'm I'm at this at this point, my best role as a coach is probably like a, a fixer role. <laughs> so I kind of come in when when shit has set the fan already. Yeah, uh, and that means that I don't really come in and kind of like ask what I can do or how I can do it. I just come in and I do what I do. Yeah. Um. And in Finland, uh. In Phelan, I just it, like I always have an unfair advantage. Like any coach who who is who's a half decent coach, like with any sorts of game knowledge, have an unfair advantage to the coaches already there when they come in because they're not affected by feelings. They have like a first perspective on everything. They have like a good overview. And when you are, have been on a team for a full split, you tunnel vision on issues. Like it, it's it's normal. It happened for me to split when I watched with Eminem and them throughout the entire split. Post the split, I now know like how I could have handled stuff differently, but in the split it's so hard to like get that distance from the issues and like kind of look at it objectively. So I think that's that, that's kind of that the huge advantage there is to 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 bring in bring in and a coach when it's not going well. And I also think that it, it could be like a really good thing to do if you are doing well just to like optimize yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Um so usually I just come in, I have like obviously a fresh mindset, I do my stuff and I, I, I do it different than, than most coaches. So so usually I just go in and I mean, it sounds a bit rough, but I mean, the the, the reason why I'm brought in is because stuff is not working. So I'm not really there to be super considerate of mm-hmm. the coaches who are already there. I'm there to make it work. And, and sometimes it means that I have to kind of make sure that, that it's done my way and not that way. Yeah. Uh, and I think the first time I did it was a bit unpleasant, but but uh, if the end results like uh, is good, then mm-hmm. then it doesn't really matter. And obviously, I'm being humane about it as well, but but I'm not sugarcoating anything ever. Yeah. And I think
1: um, the interesting thing as well is, like you said, is like you've kind of got to you, you when you when you're gone into this role, you've kind of got to expect results as well because you've you've come in to get results. And so, for example, if that feel and run didn't work out as well as probably what it would have done. You would have been probably the main blame for that because you've come in to fix that. But because obviously, so that's why you want it your way. Because you know that the, the emphasis is on you due to the thing that has changed at that last moment. Um, is that roughly correct?
2: Yeah, 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 for sure. Cause I mean, if I come in and it doesn't work, then, I then I want it to be my fault that it's not working, you know? Mm. I cannot. I I would feel extremely bad if I came in and I just kind of let the other coaches take over or do their thing or like affect me, and that it kept being shit because like then, then I wouldn't feel like I did my thing. And if I didn't do my thing, like it's fine. If if I fuck up, it's okay because I can learn from it. But if I allow other people to fuck up on my on my behalf, then I'm not okay with it, with mm-hmm. it.
0: And I guess because I did wonder like what you said before as well that you're not really afraid to to maybe piss off even the other coaches obviously it's not been working under them before you join <laughs> um i feel all right thinking so Connor was there as their coach before and then he went with you to m&m so i imagine it it must have gone all right with him like i doubt you you must not have been treading on each other's toes too much
2: no 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 i mean i think we made i think we made like a a, a decent pair uh and i i think that's like the only reason it was decent and not good was like no one's fault. It wasn't his fault, it wasn't my fault. Well, it was both of our faults, because uh, it's been like this weird situation for me ever since I got into coaching for the past, like I think, two and a half, three years now, where I've just constantly been a head coach. And it's been really weird, because usually you do like, you start as as an analyst or a strategic coach or an assistant coach, and you kind of work your way up but but for for some reason like I, I cannot explain why I just ended up being a head coach in Denmark and then I was a head coach in the u k and it just kind of kept on being like that so i I never had another head coach to teach me how to use my staff properly and mm-hmm. um, so I think that was the biggest reason why like why it didn't work as well as I wanted with having like an assistant coach and why and probably also why like Connor wasn't prepared to to take over and be that head coach for for Phelan, uh, when he was supposed to. Mm-hmm. um but yeah uh luckily i've, I've looked i've uh, worked a lot on that afterwards and i think that this split with jamada was probably the best split i've had in terms of managing my staff better uh, so hopefully jamada will go out and, and be a really good head coach for some team after this split cool.
0: let's uh talk a bit more about this split then so um i am i right in thinking you you had a a fairly big part to play in the roster to begin with I figured he must have with like three of your feeling guys coming with you yeah is that right
2: yeah yeah for sure for sure Um, for me building roster is like one of like it's the most crucial thing of like like to start off your split Uh I think the the way that the league system is, it's pretty hard because like everybody want to hold on for like the last second of off offseason to sign a contract because what if they get like that big good offer, right? Mm-hmm. So that often leaves leaves like a lot of team in a position where they only have like one week to kind of get to know each other before the official season even starts. So I was I was aiming towards having like more of a fluid like mm-hmm. uh, get together uh, before the season started. Um, and I've had, like, with Eminem, for example, my first bit was with them. Uh, I think one of the biggest issues was me not being able to handle a big personality in, in Monk, but also Monk being such a big personality that it <laughs> kind of stopped the development for everyone else. Um, so, and so, and I had the same issues in, in existence where, like, the, the, the team that got put together, like, three of them didn't want to play together. So, like, we had so many issues that wasn't, wasn't league related and i kind of i'm not i'm not an educated psychologist i'm a school teacher so i can i cannot work with like those no, with those problems mm-hmm. so for this split i really tried to gather a roster with people who had like a growth mindset who were willing to invest the hours outside of scrims as well uh, and who were like literally like just good human beings um cuz there's too many not good human beings in the league scene <laughs>
1: I think as well, what's the interesting part as well is that sometimes, um, so for example, like um, people question like the Chimera um, one, for example, you know, just because of the, the strength of the mid lane. Um, but when you actually look at it, you think if when you're saying it the way that you're saying it, terms says like you want people to kind of get along and kind of have that, that team synergy. Um, is it sometimes best to go for that team synergy instead of just picking like five random, you know, top solo queue players and put them together yeah. because there could be that clash?
2: Um, I think it's like, it, it, I don't think there's like one right answer to that. I, I think that, yes, I, I believe, I, I think that we have two really good examples of why neither works completely oh. 100% of the time. So you have the M&M run where, uh, like where people said at the beginning, why is Chimera there Like compared to the rest of the roster maybe? Uh, was he overperforming by, uh, in the go-on-the-run? Like what happened there? And then his split obviously wasn't, the best, I think he came around really, really nicely in, in the back half of the splint when we kind of almost did our redemption with mm-hmm. redemption one. Um, uh, so in that case, like you can look at it and you can say, like, okay, one of the major issues on that team was was like a uh, chimera or was like the mid jungle, uh, for Eminem. But obviously, with me having insight, it wasn't just the two of them, it was like yeah. a, big, a big part of it was on me as well because we were practicing like one playstyle for the entire off season, like since December. And we got really good at it and no one like abused us in scrims. Like we sh- we were shitting on like high tier teams over and over. Uh, and then we got into official games and they were like, oh we're just gonna ban these three champions and now you're kinda locked from playing the, that playstyle. Oh, cool. <laughs> and we were like, oh right, okay, we are monkoloids, you know? So um so we had to, to change our playstyle. And this is where I made like probably Probably like like my biggest fuck up as a coach yet it's not that this split was a failure like a complete failure it was a failure but it wasn't a complete one but oh. I didn't recognize fast enough that that my two semi rookies like soft with two splits and Kimura with one split didn't have the game knowledge didn't have like the 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 years of experience to change to adapt to that play style fast enough without being you know without me holding the hand you know like I, I was um I was assuming too much that they would be able to follow it without my like without more guidance from me, and that became like really, really clear uh halfway through all of our losses, and then we started working on it, and it got a lot better mm. but that was for me like I didn't recognize that early enough, so yeah, you can definitely look at it and say it from an outside perspective, uh bringing in Chimera as like a good personality or good for like the synergy within the team. Uh, maybe a player like Adep would have been better a, a better fit or like a, a prodigy from somewhere else. Uh, but I think that, that a lot of this was on me, but at the same time, I also think it could have worked with like a prodigy mid-laner. At the same time, on the other hand, you can look at a roster like Norton Wind from uh, the Nordic League. Yeah. Five massively big players, you know, like or big top laner, aesthetic just came from fans and same player. Chrisberg and the, the end, like most hype support. And they go on and they shit the bit completely, you know? <laughs> like, uh, we actually have the similar... Best player wasn't even
1: a- the best play wasn't even was on loan at Barrage <laughs> at that point.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's, yeah, it's, it's so insane. Yeah, so so both of us finished fifth. So I guess, like, you can say, na- like, neither one works all the time. But I think I could have made mine work if I was a better coach to split.
0: Mm. You said about then, um, like, keeping that... Call from Phelan because you knew they'd get on, and maybe, like you said, it's easier to um, to start getting practice under their belt without having like the the last week rush. Um, I wonder what was the decision then on the bot lane because I'm right thinking that Chu had played a few times with with Vizdom before, well, including that that Phelan roster. Yeah, um, I think he played with him two or three times, and then obviously he he didn't uh, go with you to M M&M. and M. What were your thoughts around that? Was that was that his decision? Was that your decision or?
2: That was Stephanie wisdom's decision, and okay. I backed him up in that completely. He's been wanting to go like that 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 step bigger, and he got a really Ooh. nice offer from Gamer Legion with a really insane roster, uh, mm-hmm. lots of veterans there and he could go down and showcase his skills in an environment where where drafting funny and playing fast and playing aggressive was uh, was what they were looking for, exactly kind of like we did with the Phelan with the Phelan Gauntlet run. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a perfect opportunity for him. I was really sad to lose him, but uh, we ended up with the fires who who were different from Wisdom, but I would say like not not worse in any means, just just very different. And it yeah. and uh, that that was good for me because I I, I grew as a coach throughout this split as well. I learned different, I I improved on different play styles, so I'm not just like a one trick go fast draft funny kind of guy. Um. But but can also go like more mainstream play a bit more of like the, the the Korean macro stuff like that, which is which is okay. I don't think the game is meant for it that like right now, but but once uh, once that becomes meta again, I'll definitely definitely be more suited mm-hmm.
1: and then how was it then obviously to finish it off with mumus how how good was it to get mumus back kind of in m MMM, m and m because i personally I felt that that guy could have gone to. A, a bigger side, like no no yeah. offense and stuff. Like, no. that. like an EU Masters competing side. The guy was, I thought, actually pretty good in Brazil. And yeah. then once they got promoted, he, he wasn't there, which was quite unfortunate. I thought at the end.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I had agree. I think Mumus and uh, I think Momo's and Nacho were the two most consistently performing members on my team this split. Uh, and yeah, I think Mumus showcased his his level in in like against all of like both phonetics and like both against Sendo and. What's the fanatic one? Right, uh, Pride. Yeah, Pride. So. Like that like he's definitely better than, than Pride. I think Pride was part of a really good team and then I would say around the same same level as Sendo. So I'm really hoping mm-hmm. for Momos to get get somewhere bigger next split because he has yeah he, he definitely has the potential it was a really feels good having him back and he brought a lot of experience and had grown a lot in in brazil as well yeah um so now i'm just hoping for him to to get like a a really decent home with like where he can showcase his skills on a bigger stage
0: well he's just uh i think i saw he just signed with like a, an agency didn't he so yeah maybe that's like the agency yeah right. so they've got well, he got proper agents behind him. You'd imagine that will help him get a better move, hopefully. You'd hope so. You'd hope so. Again, yeah. not saying that joining you at Eminem was bad, but.
2: No, no, but again, like, <laughs> it, 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 we don't have to, like, like sugarcoat it. Like, yeah. it's not like Eminem is like, it's is a place where hopefully, like, where I can develop human beings and players to go to bigger places. It's, it's not, it's, it's like kind of the Ajax of football. Like, it's <laughs> not, it's, it's not, it's not Liverpool. We're not in Liverpool here. We're just like, producing talents and hopefully they can like we can grow them and they can go somewhere bigger yeah
1: and it's still like m just as a whole just for uh for your first run and then the second run was overall been like a, a really good and solid side and it's always been a popular side anywhere in the uk scene so it's always going to be a side which is going to attract those names and doesn't necessarily need to kind of like put massive contracts into it and it's probably i don't know about was did you reach Mummas or did mummus reach you or, or was it a case of because he seemed like he's very happy to come back to Eminem for that. Spot.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it was uh, he was holding out like for a long time to get like a, a different offer. he got some a few oh. from Spain, but uh, but not the ones that he wanted. So I, I I just kept in contact with Mumu's ever since like our Eminem split ended. Uh, I think generally generally speaking, like uh, I, I I'm good at keeping in touch with my players, especially the ones that I, that oh. I genuinely like because. I want to make sure that they're doing well if they ever have any questions they can always come to me and uh yeah i've kept in touch with mumus a lot uh this bit was also very different for me because outside of my head coach uh, role i've been doing like a lot of positional coaching of just like individual coaching um, with especially mumus and archu and Saf. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to get them like super high solo queue because like uh, I did it a lot with Achu and, and Mumus initially, and it's just like the confidence they gained from reaching, like I I, I got Achu to 1k LP really fast, and then Mumus around the same, uh, 800. And the confidence they gained from the solo queue, like peaking in solo queue, it just translated directly into scrim. So I just got like really hungry for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also something that's been missing because like because of the like the size of UK scene. It's not it's not huge, right? So even though I'm I'm a head coach, right? I'm not just a head head coach. I'm a I'm a I'm an analyst. I'm a strategic coach. I'm a positional coach. And and when you have to do all of those roles in once you, you only get to do them at like sixty percent capacity. Mm-hmm. So this this split I, I decided I had to do it differently because I didn't have the manpower to do what I wanted to do. So I did my head coaching. I focused on on macro a lot. I focused on communication a lot but then I invested a lot more Time into individual coaching to make sure that these guys in their role, in their matchup understanding, wave management, like as individuals, were performing at a higher level consistently. I I tried to raise the skill floor of them a lot because uh, yeah, it, it just it it just translated really easily. It was very visible to see the the success from from solo queue translate into scrims and then from scrims into competitive.
0: Really good, and that's uh, that will even help them on their. their... Like looking for team tweets, so always put their peak on there. You can put it on yours. So you got you got them to one KLP. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> take the yeah, credit. I, Why not? I
1: love I love the looking for team tweets, but some <laughs> some of these players really need to change it up just a just a little bit. It's the exact yeah, it same, same thing. I, I know there's going to be certain there's going to be certain things you've got to put, but like I love just like a video, just yeah. just a link to a video. I think that's something just, just out there which is just new and kind of just like showing them the best parts and. Don't put the worst parts in. I was gonna say, then just at the end, put all the worst parts. But don't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I c-
2: would like that too.
0: Because I don't do. You, do you ever like when you're you're looking around for players um, when you are building roster? Do you ever take those with a, a pinch of salt a bit? Because we talked about like um, how you just joined Dark Passage and kind of joked about this. It's like an extra thing on the CV. But I've kind of seen like you see some team, some people they'll join a team like already in EU Masters or something and then it's like yep that's one on the list, I've been to EU Masters and it's like Yeah do you ever do you ever see those and think actually let me have a check and see, yeah, just yeah. see whether they're telling porkies or stretching it a bit?
2: Yeah exactly like if they're going like EU Masters it's fine but if you only got to play-ins and you went from you know I don't know Czech League or <laughs> uh, Baltic League or something like that it's it's not something great you know and if you didn't even make it out of play-ins like what's what's the value of going to EUM then? Uh, so yeah, I definitely take it with a grain of salt. So I think it's like really important that 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 number, like the the one KLP, is is usually what we're aiming for in solo queue. And right. that number, all that number is supposed to do is to get attention. It's not mm-hmm. supposed to secure your spot. It's just to to get the attention from the clubs, right? And then after that, it's all about what are like how are your social skills, like what are other people's impression of you? Because as much as I hate it, like nepotism is a huge part of this, like of of teams. Picking up players of me getting picked up, like me going to Dark Passage, like uh, like because of the they're constructed on, on contracts right now, I cannot officially join them. So I'm just I'm there, and it's really nice. But the only reason I'm there is because Archu joined them, hmm. you know. Like otherwise, like I'm doing a really good job at Dark Passage, and we finished second today. We'll do really great at the playoffs, I'm sure. But getting there, it, I mean, it had literally nothing to do with my skill set being showcased to anyone but Archu and I uh, and I really dislike dislike that a lot. Because... It's
1: weird, isn't it?
2: Because it's like
1: that—that's <laughs> yeah. just one person's opinion, which has then essentially got you into that. And it's very much like you're in the deep end, isn't it? And luckily, like you've got like the qualification and you've you've got other things which have shown that you can do that. Yeah. But sometimes it might not be that. And especially with V with not with because that's still that's because the Turkish league is an actual league as well. So it's not even like it's an ERL which that has happened to. If you'd said that that had happened to like oh it was in the the Spanish league or something like that, I'd be like oh, okay. But this is like a, a still one of considered one of like the top leagues in illegal Legends in the infrastructure. Yeah and, yeah, it's, yeah, and you've just got that, which is good <laughs> for you. Um, but it's just it's crazy how in certain sections the scene has kind of never changed for when it was in season one at that point.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's I think it's it's really bonkers sometimes. <laughs> I think there's definitely like a, a lack of uh, of just better recruitment. I would say like it's just like people are just satisfied like with trusting each other's word or something like it's do you think yeah that's a ever... lot of oh sorry you No, you go no you go you go i
0: was gonna say do you think that's ever just um like just with with maybe even like financial constraints i would have thought in, in the uk league maybe that can happen more the more because you maybe don't have as many analysts or you know general managers and whatnot to to look into the players properly but then i'd imagine in the turkish league i'm pretty sure it's meant to be one of the ones with a bit a bit more cash any out of out of all the the top leagues, really. So, um, yeah. yeah, I guess there's not really an excuse there, but you're not one you <laughs> to about also,
1: that, You also look yeah. at it and you look at kind of like Fnatic with Mithy and yeah, yeah. Mithy's no head coach experience. Obviously, yeah. a lot of that will probably be a word of mouth of, oh, this guy's a good communicator, he's a good coach. And he would have had to go for like an application process, stuff like that. But in terms of like actual head coach experience, he hasn't really got any which nobody else can see apart from as a backstage leader kind of role. So even at the top of the top, there's still some sort of that happening.
2: Yeah. 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 I mean, for sure. And I think it's also like, I think the the head coach role is extremely fluid though. I mean, it, it varies from team to team, like what kind of a coach that is, like, what, is a, like what, is a, what are his responsibilities within the team? Like I said, like for me, this split, I decided that my head coach role was a focus of macro communication and the social and then the individual one. So it's like, at this level at least, the head coach role is whatever the head coach makes it to be, or whatever like um, resources he has available to him. Um and I think in, in terms of Mythic joining Fanatic, I think he already had like that playing coach kind of mm-hmm. like a thing going on for him and uh, back in CSM as well. So I think he was a really good fit. But I think I definitely think that like yeah, I, I envy anyone who has like uh, a broader staff to work with. But <laughs> well, I, then... I think that yeah, you go, you
1: go. You look at like uh, barrage, for example, and I-, I guess in that it was different with Eminem compared to what it was like at-, at barrage, where they have like the performance coaches and they do seem to have like quite a, a solid infrastructure behind them. Do you think that that then, was a reason for how well they did in terms of with the players which they picked up to performing in the UK? Then this split was because of that backroom uh, staff because everybody talks about obviously the performance coaches uh, uh-huh. and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've heard really good stuff about AJ and would love to work with him at some point. Uh, I think that Barash had a really good split, but, but looking at their players, I think that they they overperformed massively, mm. uh, especially at the start of the split and took off extremely well uh, and, then, and then kind of faltered in their continued development throughout the split because they just kind of stayed the same level, which was a high level, like granted, higher than I expected from them. And I think they had like the the, the silent carry in Eric Ericsson just being consistent all the way up until playoffs where he then was not consistent. But but throughout the split like had one guy who was just consistently getting leads even in matchups uh-huh. he wasn't supposed to. So I, I think it like I think they, they they outperformed their expectations and I have no idea what the reasoning was behind it. Maybe it was AJ, maybe it was the the Sousa guy, uh, but but the, the only thing I missed from them was the continued development because they they kind of peaked super early oh.
0: let's talk a bit more um, about about the split specifically then with um, with M&m so once you built that roster we talked about it was a, a good roster a couple of couple of coups in there you could argue with like murmur and a um, Would it, would the expectations have been playoffs then yeah, yeah, kind of what sure. yeah. Because I think it's kind of what everyone thought. If yeah. you know, just before everyone saw obviously how good Barrage were at the start, I think yeah. more or less everyone had the same top four. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's... there
2: you go.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I was going to say it's it's obviously a bit. Uh, I imagine it's a bit annoying, obviously, that Barrage were that good because then, I mean, I mean, you weren't you weren't far off getting in there either. When it was as the split was kind of going on, you you talked about that you've you sort of started turning things around and um and you started picking picking wins back up, I think it was like four or five wins in a row towards the last yeah. couple of weeks uh One thing I'd noticed when I was looking back on those that uh, I think it was like Rek'Sai and, and misfortune. you guys got like four <laughs> games in a row yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, um, how did you
0: manage that in the draft? What did you do?
2: <laughs> I mean I think it's more what didn't any team do <laughs> <laughs> I, an okay, entry, how much did you was... pay for those bands? Not to go <laughs> No, actually, I think that people had the wrong, the like the wrong read, like read on what was going on because Rek'Sai at the point was isolated, not actually not a really good champion, but Rek'Sai pad with Yumi was a big issue, because it it allowed us to get to three item power spike every single game, like, uh, and it was just. But I get why people didn't have to read because it it, it wasn't meta, it wasn't a, it wasn't a thing. Uh, we just made the Re- Rek'Sai Yumi a thing, and then the Rek'Sai Yumi turned into the Yumi MF making a thing but that was post three items. Mm-hmm. Um so I think people just like didn't recognize through analyzing our win streak there that that that's like that was just like sleeper OP at the time and we got a lot of free wins based on that but also the team just picked up in terms of like the the fundamentals of the game because we had huge issues with both vision game and wave management and like just soft flipping two games at level three and i don't know <laughs> i don't know like uh the 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 thing that hurts the most this game was like my me not being capable of uh transitioning in play style like better for for soft and Chimera especially and then uh and then the two losses at level three um because because those as a coach is like uh I I prefer when we lose and I can take the blame on me. I can kind of shield the guys, but when they lose like that, there's no shielding from me. It's only hurt, uh, and I think that's the hardest part for me. Like, I I prefer to be the one taking the, the blame. Um, but but in those games it was just really really rough and it translated into soft like yeah performance and scrims and stuff like that. So, but that was like we worked on it and it we turned it around. But I really, really yeah had a really really hard time not being able to shield them from from those two losses
1: yeah. um, as well one thing which i um, i did just want to mention was how did you think that like the strength of the scene was as a whole then compared to like the top sides to the the bottom sides because from your season if you just looked at it through the stats like you yeah. went 02 against uh, envision fnatic and xl and then 1 on 1 against barrage and then I think you beat the rest apart from a one on one against Phelan. So yeah. that kind of does that kind of show that it was just one of those where you just weren't good enough for those what were considered at the time then the top three sides? It was the just the strength difference there as well.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we had like two really close games. Like uh, we had a really close game against Excel where they ended up mm-hmm. backdooring us after we outskilled. Yeah. That was a rough one. <laughs> uh, and then I think Fnatic outclassed us two games in a row. Uh, then I think. Barrage outclassed us in the first game, and then I think, unfortunately, the one team that was supposed to be like our rivals, uh, be the close match, the close matchups, be the exciting matchups, uh, in Envision they just had our number in both games. Mm. Like, there's nothing to say there outside that they were they were just a better team on on both days and probably like throughout the split as well. i didn't it definitely in the split as well?
1: And I think as well at that point, I think because it was it was. Um... Because you were still kind of in contention in this weird, like... It could have got to a point where Fnatic weren't even in the playoffs if something yeah. horrible had happened. <laughs> um, and then I think you were playing Envision, weren't you? And, and that was kind of like the game to decide, I think, if we you... had would, to win that, yeah. Yeah, if you had to win that, and then I think Envision could have then lost the other one. And if you had won the other one, against, I think it was Fnatic then. Fnatic. Wasn't? Fnatic yeah, yeah, so, so it, the run was there, but then was <laughs> yeah. it after that Envision game, was it kind of like... Oh that's it. Yeah, you know, just mentally would it have been difficult to then have picked those players up really for that Fnatic game? Or was it kind of like let's just try and do our best?
2: No, I mean we definitely went in with like, let's try and do our best kind of Ooh. kind of attitude. Like we we were all like really good at just like we were generally really good at just handling tilt or frustrations. Well, we were good at we had one time where we were not good enough at airing our frustration and it turned kind of heated, but after that after that time we were extremely good at catching the like catching the frustration building up really early on. Um, hmm. So none of none of us were like, like super angry or like tilted at each other after Envision lost. It was just we just got run over and it fucking sucked. But, yeah. <laughs> but 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 it was what it was and and we couldn't change it. So there's no point being like salty or anything about it. So we just took the loss. Everybody was a bit sad. Uh, we we chilled. Uh, like we we had a really good split in terms of like making sure that we. We had the social side fix, so we did a lot of like playing Jackbox Party mm-hmm. it was called at the start of the split, and after that, we just watched a lot of like LEC LCS together, ERls to improve. Um, so it it, it wasn't it wasn't super bad after the uh, admission loss. i uh, fuck, it was really fucking bad, but but not in terms of like tilt within the team. It's yeah. like we were on such a high momentum, mm-hmm. and that that game was so anti climactic that that yeah. Uh, that, the fuck, thing-
1: that's the point, as like a coach, isn't it? Sometimes, as well, is that you've kind of got to you, you've got to realize you're not going to win them all, apart from Excel. But then they didn't win the big one anyway, so it didn't matter. So, uh, <laughs> like, but like you've got to kind of realize that like you're not going to win every game, and then you accept the loss, and it, it's not really like being solid, it's accepting the loss and analyzing it, and then trying to do that better, isn't it? And and, and you're learning from sometimes defeats like that, whether it be from. Um, an actual game side of it or whether it be from a mental side of it to do with to deal with players or to deal with yourself at some points as well it's a lot of it i guess is mentally as well not just actually preparing for these games and going in
2: yeah yeah for sure like uh, no matter what sport you're doing you always learn like 10 times more from losses Mm. than you do from wins like you you barely barely ever like uh, learn anything from winning because you're doing stuff right you know and that's why like, in an ideal world, you lose two out of three scrim, scrim games because oh. then you're getting punished in the areas you have to get punished on. So, like, all of these, like, I remember a lot of teams going on, like, Twitter and being like, oh, we had 20-0 in scrims, and then they go official games and they get clapped. And that's actually what happened to oh. us this season as well because in offseason, we were shitting on teams, left, right, and center, and we weren't being exposed. Uh, and then we got exposed, and then we sucked. Oh. <laughs> um, so we didn't lose enough. In order to learn enough, and that ended up hurting us a lot.
0: Talking about that uh, that last game against Fnatic, you said that they the, the players kind of wanted to give it their all, uh, you know, in that final game. Was there any yeah. uh, any part of you guys that, that thought about just doing a for fun game? Like I think we saw, I think it was demise, was it their last game? They were like going off road <laughs> and whatnot, because what? I've I've seen arguments before, that, especially for example against Fnatic, who were. They were in the playoffs at that point, but then they were still fighting for seeding and obviously basically yeah. giving them a free win would actually have implications for playoffs. So I've seen the argument that, you know, teams should never do that because it it can, you know, even if their season's over, it can still affect elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any any thoughts on that? Or is that not something that really crossed the mind for you guys?
2: No, no, I'm a, I'm a footballer. I came from football. I played football 15 years, and my professional integrity will never allow for, mm-hmm. for, for shit like that. Like that, that like people who do that sells me off the planet. Because, <laughs> like you said, they were fighting for seeding, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. and and ambition were were affected by these by this seeding. and and if we if we go in and we troll, then we like then we're just saying, you know, fuck you guys. You don't deserve a chance. Like mm-hmm. we, we take it out of your hands, uh, and and I would I would never do that. I had I had a case. Once I won't mention names, but but that player I will never be working with again. Where <laughs> where, we, where we had a chance if if we won, if we won, we played we played a really good team in the playoffs. If we lost, we played a bad team in playoffs, or well, not a bad team, but a team that was on paper worse than us. Uh, and uh, we all agreed that we wouldn't we wouldn't lose like we wouldn't lose on purpose mm-hmm. to, to get the worst team. Everybody agreed we would go in we would give it our best. And this one guy went in and like i've never seen a more obvious intentional feat in my life uh, and we we lost the game and we got to face the the worst opponent and luckily we lost against them because <laughs> <laughs> I, I would i yeah that's wow. I, I yeah people who do that don't deserve to play any kind of mm-hmm. sport yeah because at
1: the end, have... end of the day you aim to be your best don't you yeah Sorry.
2: yeah if you if you want to win, you need to beat the best. And if you're not willing to beat the best, if you want to go like yeah, then just I don't know, go play Tetris or something. I don't know.
0: Yeah, because like the oh. argument I see at the most is is with like many G two in like the LEC, and it seems to happen like every split pretty much now. They get they just like stomp it at the start, secure first place, and then just shit the bit Well, they just they just don't clearly don't care. Uh, yeah. And they kind of it looks like they get a pass fix. It's like their that's their brand. They they're all taking the piss anyway, but then it does. Like they'll be playing against teams fighting for the last playoff places, and it actually can have bigger implications. Yeah, so I think yeah. that's a, a good take. I, I I don't think I'm really a fan of it. Yeah,
2: I, I'm definitely not. And I think even on G Two's part, I think like that their branding would be perfect for like the evil geniuses, right? Like because that's that's kind of what they're doing as well. It's just, I mean, I get it because. I it's like it's it's really disrespectful what they're doing to mm-hmm. to every other team who, who are fighting to have a chance. But at the same time, like they they are just so much better. And if they're not mm. supposed to have fun ever, like if they're not supposed to, mm. yeah, I I, I kind of get the in between. It's just the implications it has for other teams will always put me on that side of the argument. Yeah, I think the only time that
1: it's ever really annoyed me. It was actually really recent. It was the it was the Fnatic Mad game with the emotes and I I hate emotes in a <laughs> game and that it really it, it like when they're taunting and they're not even bother hitting them and it's like like this is a this is a playoff series match yeah you shouldn't really be doing for me you shouldn't be shouldn't be doing that that's like um it's the same reason why I don't like Neymar in football doing like you know tilt the worlds and everything yeah. you know just to mock a player essentially not to not to actually add anything to the game but it's kind of just mockery and Whoever, whoever enabled emotes should get rid of that. Just, <laughs> I hate, but fans love it. And that's the issue as well. Is yeah, when like when Bwipo basically...
0: did that, there's like someone like mm-hmm. checking the books at Riot was like, got a big grin on their face. I'm sure they sold a fair few emotes that weekend.
1: <laughs> because like, like, fans do actually love it as well. And, it, and yeah. it is kind of getting that balance of, yeah, you want to be entertaining as well, but you've got, still got to have like professional integrity. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, with like the wonder paint things and all that. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah I think that's fair enough. I think that's good on you guys not to just give up the last match. And I imagine you know against Fnatic as well. Like who's going to do it against the top team if you just if you just piss about, you're going to get absolutely smashed and you just look stupid anyway. Like, yes. yeah, yeah. I think that would just be a, an even weirder time to do it really. Yeah, Unless you but... win it. Then you are genius. <laughs> <though>. <laughs> yeah. And then Fnatic well then their confidence is gone and Excel do go <laughs> what is it like 20 21 and 0 that they were going for. Yeah. Um, I wish. We'll touch a bit on the on the finals. Obviously, you guys weren't there, but we haven't really covered it yet. Um, one thing you said before about how you know if you are winning most of your scrims and you're not really getting that much competition, maybe you're not learning from that. Do you think that might have played a bit into why XL did fall against Fnatic? Obviously, for anyone doesn't know, I don't know how you wouldn't, but they were they'd won every mm-hmm. every uh, regular season game. They two owed uh, Envision. And then they were 2-0 up against Fnatic, literally one game away from a perfect split, and then they lost three in a row and, and, <laughs> and didn't even win. Do you reckon there's part of that? Like, uh, like they didn't yeah. get competed I mean, enough? Or?
2: I mean, I think uh, I would have to have a bit of inside knowledge on the scrims because well, maybe maybe they are losing in scrims, but, but it's like what it looked like was that they had forgotten how to lose you know and and that's a that's a hard one that's always a hard one to forget how to lose because it it takes time and it's hurtful to to learn how to lose uh and it couldn't have come at a at a more awful time i, I mean i i honestly think that any other time during that season like no no that that finals getting the loss would have been better for them like uh-huh. if they lost the first game if they went one and one but getting that 2 and 0 i think like mentally that is that is so insane like Probably they weren't super tilted about the first game. Like the first, the first would have been like starting the snowball. Like okay, our perfect split is ruined. That that fucking sucks. But let's just go in and end this cleanly. But I think once they go two two, I think it's over. Like like mentally, it's so hard to, to, to get back from that. Like it's it's such a such a wild situation. And and if you add on top of that, if they are actually like just smashing people in scrims as well. Then, yeah. <laughs> then, then I think they literally just forgot how to lose. You see it all the time in football as well. Like good teams literally just forget how to lose. Uh, and then when they do, they they hit hard. Mm-hmm. But I think I go but, but with that said, going into EOM here, I think that they are the better team than than Fnatic as well, for sure. Like big time. Yeah.
1: I think as well. What what surprised me as well is I think actually to be fair, we have to give a bit of credit to Pride. Pride probably had his best games for Fnatic. In the finals at
2: that yeah, point, yeah, 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 um,
1: and he he really kind of showed uh, finally, I think, why like Fnatic really picked him up, um, and it did feel just a little bit like as soon as they got that that loss, that the coin had just flipped, like Fnatic were out for blood, and I think I think because Fnatic then knew how to beat them, um, I think that gave them more confidence because they, they were the team to beat them, and it wasn't yeah. just like if they say say if XO had lost to like Feeling or or to you guys. I don't think that XO wouldn't have been mentally hit as bad, like you said, throughout the season. Uh, were because like you said, it was in the finals, XO were like, oh no. And then there's obviously like there's the means of like EXO never beating Fnatic Rising, basically, in <laughs> it since the UKLC began. Um, and then it just it cumulated to something just great. <laughs> like to be fair, like and <laughs> I I love a reverse sweep. And I actually I you know, I really think if you had to compare the two sides, like I think XO. Is the best side, but I think even if you look at EU Masters, I know we're not covering it a lot, but that first seed really has hurt. I think Excel's mm-hmm. chances where if you look at Fnatic's uh, group, the the two sides are kind of yeah, yeah. Um, a little bit more difficult for them, really.
2: Yeah, agree. Yeah, agree. That's gonna be really
0: good. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, one thing I want to say. So if you guys had made it in um, to playoffs, it probably would have been like in, in that fourth spot when we look yeah. at like uh, where the other teams were. Uh, that would have put you against Excel, obviously, for the, the semi-final anyway. Do you reckon you guys would have done a, at least a better job than Envision? How, how do you think you would have been over a best of three? Did you see any of the cracks Ooh. in Excel's armor? Did you yeah, have any exploits?
2: I, mean, I, I, saw the, I saw the cracks, but I'm just not sure if we were good enough as a team to punish them. Like they, they were... Extremely good at just like playing. Like they had a good objective setup. They were always like ahead of time on objective setup in terms of like vision, vision setup, uh, uh, fixing the wave, stuff like that. They were always on point, and I think that they had two downfalls in the in the in the in the, in the main split. Uh, the one was that Taxa would consistently go top level three and and either die or get a kill. So like they had an easy read that they didn't fix for the entire like. Normal split. And then the other one, that they contested every single objective. And I think that if you as a team were good enough at drafting and playing at objectives, you had huge openings to punish them because they would literally contest objectives. So if you are better at setting up for objectives, if you're better at fighting mm-hmm. and skirmishing around objectives, then you could beat, uh, beat, uh, beat Excel for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we were good enough in playoffs to do that, I'm not sure. Because even when we were about to take the win against them, it was in a game where we literally just like outscaled them, and they trolled after getting a lead. So it wasn't like a lot on us doing extremely well. Like we played really well from behind. Don't don't, don't get me wrong. But, but that game was theirs to lose, not ours to win. Uh, and and I think uh, and I think that we would have uh, had to come up with something special to like to contest them consistently in those three games uh, mm-hmm. if you or two games if you wanted to go there yeah uh it, it would have been possible but we would have like we definitely had to pull a like a rabbit out of the hat
0: mm-hmm. and then um and then Fnatic did when they were two games down pulled a rabbit out of the hat i think really um, did, yeah. <laughs> well if if you were like in the excel camp um uh, going back to that final and you're you're two zero up, and then it gets back to two two. Like, what do you even tell the players at that point? Like, because you, you don't know end. how their mental <laughs> Just is like.
2: Don't <laughs> uh, you know, the weird part is, I know they could win it. You know how I know this? Because I went to dream. No, not DreamHack. What, what is it called? I I I sixty something. Insomnia. I don't. Insomnia. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to insomnia, right? With a, a Danish team that was supposed to be a Danish team, but in the end, like our top lane ended up backing out and we had to use like a Diamond 5 support for top lane. And we went to Insomnia as a Danish team and we got to the final and we played Excel before they were, you know, in the LEC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were down zero two. 2. They had won every game that entire land. <laughs> we were down zero two. 2. We got to 2 2. And then we lost game five. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so uh, I would probably go in and I would remind them of that time because at at that time, (laughs) Texas was still playing on on Excel. So, um, probably that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because I remember like I I I don't remember where it was. It was like it was on one of the broadcasts, some final, some point. um, And they'd given a stat on I think it was I want to say it was TSM against Team Liquid. From like 2018, I think, when it was like TSM were 2-0 up and then Team Liquid reverse swept. Yeah, yeah. And um, they said it on there like when it when it got to 2-0, like f- for the amount of games where that had happened, like amount of best of fives where it was one side was 2-0 up and then it got to 2-0, like the team that was started behind almost always wins, which yeah. isn't really surprising cause at that point. They're going to have such a huge mental advantage, and you know the other team in this case XL are surely going to be like second guessing everything they've been doing, like. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like all the good work they've done this split. Does it does it mean anything now? And yeah, it's crazy. Like yeah, Fnatic really just right. cannot lose to Excel in the finals. It's, it's just like
2: um, it's League is by no means a momentum-based game the same way that CS:GO is, but it it definitely has momentum uh, hmm. and it cannot be underrated because that right there is all about momentum. Like yeah. once you lose that, it's it's so hard, hard to find your footing again because. Like you said, when, you're, when you when you're doubting your fundamentals, then you're not playing your fundamentals right, and and then you want to do stuff differently, but you haven't practiced doing stuff differently. So instead of doing the stuff that you know that have been winning the entire season because you lost two games with it, you' are now trying to do something uh, completely out of the, like completely out of your comfort zone, and then it becomes like a very big flip game, I think. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think as well with just I don't this is just from like just from listening to other players and speaking to other players as well when when it is a series and you've you've lost so when if it went like 1-1 2-1 2-all kind of that um, because there's not that slide down it's quite easier to pick yourself back up but because it was two losses in a row especially at that point um, it kind of puts more pressure on you to I think to succeed for the third one um, especially if, uh, now with it, with it being Fnatic being 2 0 no down because they probably weren't expecting to win. I, I mean, to be fair, they probably would have done, but I think that they they wouldn't have been hit hard being 2 0 was what Fnatic did getting up to 2 2. And I yeah. think that then that slide kind of just hit them.
2: Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's definitely the case. But hopefully, like, I, I mean, even with that loss, hopefully, like, if, if the, the BT. If players can take anything from a loss like that, then moving forward, forward, like it's gonna be, it's gonna be really good for the future.
1: Yeah, I think to. this will be better for them in the end. I would have actually now looking at it retrospectively, I, I'm actually glad that they, or maybe preferred them not to have lost the series in the <laughs> off. I do think they were the best. They do, I do think they were the best side in the KLC as a whole. But mm-hmm. the fact that they got those losses will will make them realise that actually every game you you can lose, and so hopefully they take. EU Masters a lot more seriously, because you've had that doubt, and we were discussing this before the finals, is that if that side did go undefeated, we don't know the scale of actually where this side is in terms of a pros and a cons, compared to the other EU Masters side, because we don't know who the, who's better than them, or who they're better than at that point, because there's no comparison with a side which is undefeated at that point, apart from the fact that, oh, they're probably really good, but if the UK seems like the sixth best league at that time, then you don't actually know where they could pair against the group um, at the side in EU Masters. And thank God that they don't have to play play-ins, because I really worry about <laughs> them in play-ins.
0: So. Yeah, but now they've got a, a pretty tough group as well, haven't they? So, yeah, they really do. Yeah, but um, we won't go too much into EU Masters. I think we'll that's uh, we'll save that for another episode. Um, but before we, we kind of finish up on this one, um, we can talk a bit more about um, you going to Dark Passage now. You mentioned that it was... Uh, kind of mainly through a chew that you got on there. I was kind of wondering how they were, because I saw that obviously a chew had gone there as well. Um, and you kind of think that usually changes are made when there is a bit of trouble, people, maybe the teams aren't performing that well. Um, but Dark Patch am I right in thinking they were like pretty near the top anyway? Like the, you just, um, you mentioned earlier that they obviously finished second now. Um, yeah. But from what I could tell, you guys have only been there for a few games. Was it? Were they sort of in struggles or to make those no. kind of changes anyway?
2: No, no like not uh po 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 uh I think what can I say what can I not say anything? <laughs> <laughs> I think um I think that the, 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 there were some differences of opinion on how to approach development in scrims. okay, and Archu knew that I had the the tools to do that well, so mm. he brought me in to to see if uh, if my approach to to scrims and development in 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 macro especially and communication could uh, could make the team even more ready for playoffs. Yeah, I think that's the best way to put it. That was
0: very <laughs> diplomatic. Well done. <laughs> Thank you.
2: <laughs> so,
1: because um... it wasn't was it just it wasn't just Chew though was it was it Maxi as well who had joined at the same time who's also
2: yeah Maxi so, and Achu yeah. joined at the same yeah. time but uh, Achu was the one who recommended me. Uh, <laughs> to to the team and then after he recommended me I just kind of went in I had a like a, a trial thingy and it went well and then I've just kind of been with them since
1: yeah so I just wanted to know if because I didn't know with them both coming at the same time I didn't know if you had a say of putting you know another day into the C team essentially at that point <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, yeah so so essentially that was the entire team which you got it was kind of like Achu was there and that was your team kind of yeah. do good with it essentially
2: a bit like a feeling. yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's really weird. But I, oh, fuck, I'm not even sure I'm, I can say any of this because the issue is that they're, you know, they're locked on contracts. So mm-hmm. I cannot officially join the team, which yeah. is, it's really weird because I've never been in a situation where I'm doing like all of the scrims preparation and then it goes to official games and I'm like, right, okay, have have fun <laughs> in half an hour, guys. You
1: know? So you're officially not allowed to like be nope. a, a part with the, so it's literally you're, you're there for them during like scrims and during everything else. And then as soon as it yeah. gets the, matches you're just not there to be seen
2: yeah exactly I, 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 yeah it's really I'm, I'm a big, I guess I'm like a, f- a freelance coach sort of like I'm, I'm mm. fuck I'm not even sure I could say anything <laughs> <like this. laughs> no you're there
0: as a, as a friend listening in just Yeah, I ha- happen to be there giving advice I yeah, don't think
1: it's uncommon though for anything. Like they bring them in and they just call them advisors, don't they? The yeah, end yeah it.
2: exactly. Yeah, I, I, yeah, literally just to get like a, again, same as feeling, right? To get an uh-huh. objective point of view on things because you can get stuck in there really hard in tunnel vision.
0: What are the um? What are expectations then for playoffs? Because I know is it is Fenerbahce, isn't it? That usually the one like the the top team there. Um... Yeah.
2: We just played the miraculous, but uh, shat on them early mid game, and then decided to throw the game. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so that happened. Um, so no, like uh, that game, even though it was a loss, uh, felt really good because it made it very obvious that they are by no means like uh, a Titan or or like Superman. We, or I guess, we have the Kryptonite if they are Superman. Um, so we're in a decent spot for sure. Like uh, I think both Supermassive and Fenabache uh, and whoever of the teams we meet in the semifinals, like probably it will be super massive if they win the quarterfinals. Uh, like every 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 game is going to be really close. Yeah. Like every series in, in the Turkish league is really close because the teams are surprisingly close. Like even even the 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 teams at the bottom of of playoffs are like just just today I think it was Wildcats who took a game off of Fenerbahce. So so like. Cool. Yeah, literally anything can happen. Uh, I think that uh, in the two weeks we have, we have uh, in the, in the three, three weeks we have until playoffs here, we can do uh, a lot of good stuff in terms of optimizing, uh, especially macro, and, and just like in general, like get it, getting like a, a joint team identity. Uh, if we can do that, then I think we'll be in a very, very good spot for playoffs.
0: Cool. So then you were saying about as well earlier, like on m M&M, maybe you would obviously didn't have quite the number of staff that you'd want and it's not really eminem's fault maybe in the uk league there's just not that um not like those finances available it's, have you know have you got like a bit of a bigger team then or is there more analysts and whatnot around uh dark uh-huh. for
2: you well no <laughs> <laughs> uh.
0: do you just what i think do you think he's
1: a you thing pat at this point
2: you think they're just <laughs> all the staff <laughs> are leaving at this point let me see Where
0: what he's a he? feeling he doesn't need anyone else but-
2: yeah,
1: it's
0: that's going in. That's it. Yeah, one man. I don't team. know
2: if it's Turkey in general or what it what it is, but 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 I think like uh, at least on the other teams as well, it's just I don't think there's the biggest emphasis on mm-hmm. on 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 like uh, on the staff. It's more of like player names or or like getting the good Turkish players. I think and a lot of probably a lot of the economy goes goes to secure those if you want the top spots, and then you're kind of lost, like left with the leftover coaches. I think. Mm-hmm. Who, so, so no, not the biggest staff here either, but uh, very, very competent players. Uh, three, like sort of rookies who played the academy teams in in uh, TCL for for good teams like Weiner and uh, Jusu. No, Apso both played for Ooh. I think Supermassive Academy. So like a lot of players with a lot of potential. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I can do a lot of good stuff. obviously, yeah, I won't have the <laughs> the help that I, I I do I do want to, like on my next team <laughs> but uh, but but these players are extremely good. And I think that what what i what like the tools I have will should be enough to secure them a good playoff position. Yeah.
1: Do you think then, because of that, that the players are a lot more competent in Turkey then? because I don't know. I feel like some players might be might rely too much on a coach and kind of expect all this infrastructure, especially I think, not right now, but I think as it's going on, in probably about like three or four years, like you would probably expect a lot of even ERLs to have that infrastructure. And so yeah. do you think players are going to be too reliant on that? Where in Turkey, like you said, like which is still considered a big league, there isn't that. Do you think these players are like, right, no, we know that this is kind of our job and, oh, we've got a coach with us to help, but this is kind of us, for us, kind of sense.
2: Uh, yeah, I think that they, they are like very capable all of the turkish players even like the the guys who only played academy and like sort of rookie i work a lot with veina the the mid laner i work a lot with him on solo queue and he's like uh, he takes responsibility for everything you know like he's really good at being his own like uh, self critic and and stuff like that so they're really good at taking responsibility for their own development but even even with that i th- i still think that like in general for for any team having good coaching stuff is is crucial because sometimes like, like even though they work hard, they they simply don't have the knowledge to take the next step. And the perfect work environment is where the the coach and the player can, can move each other. So it's not just me because then if, if that's the case, then I'm not really a coach. I'm a teacher, you know, and I'm not, I don't want to be a teacher because if I'm teaching, it's me giving all the knowledge. It has to be shared between the player and the coach. Uh, And I think that's the ideal growing a growing environment when you have players and coaches who can be sparing partners for each other and help each other grow. Um, and I think that that I can do that for any level of team. But I would love to do it where I would have like where I could go into more specifics on what I want to yeah. be developing. Because as a head coach, I have to develop everything, and and it's you know it's like having too many balls in the air trying to juggle them all. It's it's not going to be efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'm doing my best to make it as efficient as possible but if like i'm i'm always disappointed in, in like, not disappointed i love developing but i'm always disappointed with how much i can develop players because i know that if i had the time if i had the resources i could do so much more
0: well what you do then it will, you, you, you'll win playoffs and then we'll see you at msi <laughs> and then that will get you that will get you the, the bump to LEC, and they, then you'll get the uh the team you need your yes, CV please.
1: will be looking for an org which can supply
2: me with a team. <laughs> like... Yes, please. I would love
0: that. Once, uh, <laughs> yeah. Once Mythi's left Fnatic, then you'll go there.
2: I'm ready. i probably not. Probably not. <laughs> a, well, you ready to. Do... So.
0: Well, you'll have to deal with the personalities there, won't you? That's like the big thing at Fnatic, isn't it? Like reckless, bit of a diva, no? Yeah, well...
2: I heard so. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think uh I think on that we're probably good to finish up. Any any last words, anyone, before we finish?
2: No, just thank you for having me. It's always nice just sharing stuff and helping out wherever I like, no, can.
0: Uh... Yeah, of course. And um yeah, as we close out then as as always, you know, anyone that's listening to this, uh once it's re uploaded elsewhere it's gonna be on YouTube. If you're watching there you can subscribe. If you uh, if you listen on Spotify you can follow. Um this is the first live episode. We've got a few people watching on Twitch. If you're watching on there, then uh, you can drop a follow as well. And um, if you're interested in following any of us, our uh, our Twitter's all on the screen as well. Uh, So yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening.